Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Well, hello there, Mama. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. I hope this episode finds you well. This week on the podcast, I'm speaking with Laura Campbell, who is a coffee guzzling, margarita gulping, hashtag mum hack loving, Gold Coast mum of two characterful kids. And she's also the founder of Hackalily. She's got over 20 years commercial marketing, innovation and strategic experience and she's got a really interesting uh, story to tell not only of her career and also how motherhood's changed her but also how she's managed to do this whilst also having a chronic illness. And chronic illnesses aren't something that we generally probably openly talk about but they certainly experienced by a number of people and it can severely, you know, really impact the types of careers and also the jobs that they have. Laura really is quite open and honest on about how she goes through this and and manages her chronic illness. So if you do have a chronic illness, I hope you actually are able to, you know, maybe take some tips out from Laura. But, you know, if you've also got any questions about how she manages particularly, I know that she would be more than happy for you to reach out directly to her. Uh, Also, her product, Hackalily, is is certainly doing really well. So think about it as like a a hipster baby carrier. Laura got a really interesting story to tell. So this episode is brought to you by the Working Mama Village, the membership community and support to help you thrive in being able to be a mum as well as have a career. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I would really be a big virtual hug if you'd be able to leave a rating and review and also share this uh, with any friends or family. So enjoy this today's episode. Welcome, Laura. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? It's going really well, but as we were talking beforehand, a little bit frazzled, probably talking really fast today, but, but it's been a good day. So thanks. Ah, sensational. That's mum life, isn't it? There's always a million things, a juggling of all the balls. And you certainly have a few balls to juggle. So how would you best describe yourself? You know, I was thinking about this before and there's ways you phrase the question is describe yourself, not like, what do you do? And it actually made me think inside myself, like, what else do I have to say? I'm a whole person as well as a mother, as well as an entrepreneur. So I guess there's kind of like three factions to myself. Firstly, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I'm the founder of a brand called Hackalele. I'm also a business growth consultant in the creative tech space. And possibly like a bit of an overworker as well. So we'll sort of talk through that today to how I sort of balance that overworking and wanting to constantly grind. So that's one part of my life. I'm also a mum of two very highly spirited, larger than life children that keep me very busy, but motivated, inspired and challenged. And I probably describe myself as a not very serious person as well. Like I love to be bubbly, talkative. I'm a people person. I love human connection. And that's why I love coming on podcasts like this because I work from my home here on the Gold Coast, my little office all day, every day. So it's really nice with the small biz community to have really down to earth, you know, raw, real chats. Yeah. And I think it's so important that, yeah, we are just one thing. We're not just a mama. We're not just an entrepreneur. We're with so many different elements to that. And I know that you also know Emma Lovell, who's also been a previous guest. And her and I actually have had a big chat. Like she often says about the picture frame and where, you know, mum is just one element of that 
piece of the the picture puzzle. So that's a big part of it. So Laura, you said that you're an entrepreneur, a biz go, uh, business growth consultant. What's been your career journey to date? Because I know that it hasn't also just been in Australia, has it? Yeah. Okay, I'll try and condense it down to like one minute max because it's a bit lengthy, but I was really fortunate. So when I finished university at Griffith University at Mount Gravette here in Brisbane, I like finished like a master's degree, I, sorry, a commerce degree majoring in marketing. And my first job out of uni was with Nova Entertainment as a little sales coordinator down in Sydney. So I worked there for about five years from a sales coordinator to an agency manager to sort of heading up a group of, you know, advertising solutions across the Nova group. So my background's very advertising, marketing, commercial focused. And I think after I've been promoted there a few times, I decided I've got this ancestry visa I can take advantage of. I want to travel. So I hopped across to the UK and I ended up living there for about 11 years. I started working at a startup called, called Go Viral. And the day I started, I met Ariana Huffington. I got handed a champagne flute and said, you're now part of AOL Media Group. I thought, what? <laughs> I actually met her and honestly, I didn't really know who she was because I'd come from Australia and she's got this big name across Europe. So I didn't really understand how special that moment was, but um, I really wanted to work in the world of startups. I wanted to wear multiple hats. I wanted the opportunity to travel. And so AOL just wasn't the business that I really sort of ever dreamt of working with as much of an amazing company that it is. So I found my roots back in the world of media and advertising at Bauer Media Group in the UK, and that's where I met my husband. So it was a really great journey to go on. So James and I have been together for over 10 years now and kept me in London a bit longer. And once I'd finished at Bauer Media, I won like National Salesperson of the Year Award after being there a year and a half out of 200 salespeople. And look, after not after asking for more responsibility, maybe, you know, asking for a bit of a promotion, just nothing happened for a year after winning what I thought was a really great, you know, award and recognition. So I went looking and I'm like, I want to get back to my startup roots. So for the past nine years, up until last year, I helped to grow a startup um, creative tech company to scale up and a publicly listed company as well. So a lot of, yeah, really great experience working in the world of commercial creative solutions with CEOs and CMOs educating them about alternative ways to source content and do marketing by engaging global creative communities. So yeah, that's what I I did. I realized during COVID that I wanted to spend more time with family. I'd been away for 16 years. And for me, COVID, despite all of the tragedy that came from it, it was the silver lining that brought me back to my family and has brought this amazing lifestyle that we've got now on the Gold Coast. <laughs> that's so good. So family brought you back home to Australia? Yeah, it's just Look, my parents, as a lot of people my age, I'm turning 40 this year. As we mentioned before, in a few weeks, I'm turning 40. I had my daughter, Elodie, in the UK. My parents are getting a bit more elderly and I want, just wanted to be able to pop over there and have dinner with them, you know, and I just felt that if I let it go any longer, I may have some regrets and I wanted to come back for a year, be close to them and just see what kind of life it could offer here. And it's really hard because I'm a very career-focused person and moving from London back to Brisbane is a real lifestyle and career shift. So I think luckily my company let me come back and keep my my role. So that made that part of the journey a lot easier. But yeah, I'll be honest, I'm still finding my feet after 11 years over there and one and a half years here. It's It's been a journey. How have you found that transition of going from the UK to Australia and you know, how's it been like reconnecting and, and making yeah. that transition? Because I know a few people I've even got a few friends that 
moved either from Australia or back home potentially to Germany or vice versa. Mm. So how was that transition, I guess, not only for yourself, but also for your family? Yeah. Well, look, majority of the time I was in London, I was like, I didn't have children. I was living in a city. I was like, you know, having this fantastic lifestyle. So to compare it now to then, it would just never be possible. Mm. So we actually own a house in Tooting Beck, which is in the south of London. We had my daughter there. But for the majority of the first year and a bit of her life, we were in lockdown. We were in like a little, you know, Victorian small flat and it was cold. And so compare that to living on the Gold Coast, five minutes from the beach, proximity to family. And now I'm starting to find my roots and connections of like, for me, I need connection with other businesswomen or business people because, you know, I can talk about my personal life in the gym and health and fitness, but like I'm driven by career and business and growth and things happening in the market. So it's taken me a while to find my tribe. And I've really just found some absolute crackers in the last year, including Emma Lovell that I'm like, you know, just so thankful for. Uh, she's she's an absolute gem. <laughs> yeah. And how have you found that transition of coming back in? You said that you're career driven and that, and that's a little bit different to say, even some women are like, oh, that's not me. So mm. in finding that niche and that audience, how have you found that mm. experience? Well, it comes first. So I was really fortunate that my company let me come over here. So I had a job when I came across, but I did find that after being with that company for almost nine years and being so far away from the head base, there was actually a thing that triggered it to me that do my values align with this company? Do the people that I'm working with, does it bring joy? Do I feel collaborative? Is it make, bringing meaning to my life? And I think I had not necessarily outgrown that company, but I realized it was bringing more frustration you know, then it was joy. So I think that's the one thing is you need the trigger. And I saw the writing on the wall when I came over here that I really wasn't bonding with some people that they'd employed. And sometimes you have to think you feel you're the problem. It's not always the case. It can be that the culture's changed and you've been there so long. So I think that was the first thing that when I went into maternity leave, I thought I need to start putting some things in place to think about the next stage of my career, my development, you know, what that looks like when I come out the other side, because I don't want to be going back to a company with no opportunities with no connections as well, because I'd gone on mat leave with my son a few months after I arrived back here. So the best thing I did was when I was on mat leave, sitting there, how can I, I've got four months, how can I have personal development? How can I build out my skill set? How can I, you know, bring so much more value than what I do already? So creating Hackalily, the e-commerce brand, like building a brand from scratch, learning about prototyping, learning about building community, learning about socials and content and email and all these things that you do when you're a senior leader managing people, you don't get in the weeds of these things. But they're so important and so much has changed in 10 years Mm. since I was a junior. So I think that for me, I felt it important to have gravitas and to really be able to pivot and change direction I needed to go back to the basics. So I think I didn't really answer your question there, but I thought it was relevant to that insight. I think think it's a really (laughs) interesting insight and that I often say that when you're going on maternity leave, plan for your return before you actually go like on leave. Mm. And it's interesting that you did that. What gave you that insight that you needed to have that preparation and explore the other opportunities? Because I know people go to me, I'm like, you're going on leave. It's a bit of a holiday. I'm like, going on mat leave is the furthest no. thing from a holiday. <laughs> but also I was the same thing. It's how I've sort of built up where from I was through my first mat leave. So it was one of those things that, 
I wanted that mental stimulation. I know it's not for everyone, but interestingly that, yeah, you've, you've gone through that personal development and really focused on your skills. So what gave you that? Yeah. I, what were the influences that, that showed you that you need to do that? Yeah. So one was just actually fundamental. My, I was a global head of commercial. So a lot of my success came from my connections that I had in the United Kingdom, Europe, and the US. And I'm coming back to a place I've been away from for 11 years. So I can't go and get a job as a head of sales or commercial because you need relationships. So while I'm bunkering down on maternity leave, I've got to learn new skills to then come out and offer more value where I can, you know, give more of a complete set of skills to a potential employer as well. But also I really wanted to, I, I actually working in a startup and a scale up, they often don't invest in your career development. You don't get, you know, all the benefits and the bonuses and the paid training and the courses and the week or two away learning, you know, X, Y, Z. So I always had to invest in my own learning where I do like EDX online learning courses about behavioral economics really interesting about how you can like simplify the way you communicate things and how that can relate to sales. So I've always been a self-starter and continually wanting to learn different aspects that aren't just traditional marketing, sales, you know, advertising. And I completed Netflix with my daughter in London, <laughs> which is fantastic. I like finished all 13 or 15 episodes of Friends and I just wanted to do something for me. I wanted to learn something. I wanted, I, I grew a company from a startup to scale up as part of a team, but I wanted to hang my height up. I knew I had that entrepreneurial spirit and I was a little bit scared to put myself out there, but you have to get yourself out of your comfort zone, don't you? And I think that's that's a, a great experience I've got now if I become a consultant, go back to full-time employment or continue growing hackily. Yeah. So what gave you then that confidence to go, oh, this is going to be like, oh, actually probably backstep. What was the inspiration for hackily and how, how have you then worked that through, through, I guess, your own confidence and overcoming mm. some of those challenges? Yeah, I think there's sort of two aspects to Hack Lily and it's a really strange word. People are thinking, what on earth does that mean? And I quite like it because it's a juxtaposition of two words, like one meaning hack. So how can you find the shortcuts, you know, the, the mum hack to certain parenting challenges? And Lily is about like femininity and growth and it comes from a pond and we transform as, as in, you know, as mothers when we go turn from a woman into a mother. So I really liked that, that as a, as a brand name. And so I found that with the kids, I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a great, ambitious career person. I wanted to be a fantastic mother that's forever present. I wanted to be extremely fit and to eat well. And none of that's actually possible. And it's painted in such a way that it's unattainable. So I think Hack Lily's come, the brand is born from wanting to provide solutions and reality and a, a look in at real mum life. And on the other hand, I've had health challenges. So I've had rheumatoid arthritis since oh I was 16, 16 years old. For the first six years, I had, I was on crutches. I had a disabled parking permit because I had to walk on my tippy toes. My Achilles tendon was swollen. My knee would need to get drained. My knuckles were swollen where it was really hard to bite. And yeah, so I, I experienced quite an intense juvenile arthritis that then disappeared for 15 years, which was brilliant when I was working at Nova as, you know, 20-something-year-old and in the UK. But when you have a child, it's, it's trauma to your body and it can trigger things to come back. So I experienced flare-ups as well as carpal tunnel. I was carrying my kids thinking, you've got to do the hard work. Like being a parent's hard. You're supposed to have sleepless nights. You're supposed to be in pain, but that's not true. So I wanted to come up with a hack to it. And the, the flagship product is like a hip seat, strap-free, ergonomic 
baby carrier that just absorbs the full weight of your child, but allows you to have all those up and down moments and freedom to just go about your day, I guess, and just take the strain off your back, off your arms, off your off your wrists. Yeah, and that's so important. And I know a good friend of mine, she's actually through pregnancy mm. since unfortunately now has chronic arthritis. It's been, you know, she was wondering why is she getting so much pain and, and experiencing mm. some health issues and turns out it's, yeah, now she's got a chronic illness. And mm. yeah, it's like there's some days that she's physically not been able to pick up her kids and and certainly things like that can yeah. make such an, a big impact. And you think as a mum, yeah, I'm just going to suck it up and things, but you don't have to. That Right. There are um, things around, but I guess it's, and what's been the impact by having a chronic um, illness such as mm. arthritis, what impact has that had on you as as a mum, but also then um, fulfilling your career ambitions? Yeah. I think even taking it step about, a step back, like it's just made, everyone always talks, I'm a really resilient person, so I can get knocked down, but you get back up again. And I think those six years as a teenager, you've just got to work through it. Like it is painful. It is slightly debilitating, but you can still achieve your ambitions and your goals if you set yourself to it. So I think one, it's made me, you know, really resilient, but it really made me think that I really want to enjoy these moments with my children. I don't want to be lost in the pain while I'm holding on to them, like just being fully present. Like sometimes I'm thinking about work. But the last thing I want to be doing is thinking about pain and putting them down when they want to be consoled. Do you know what I mean? So I think it makes you reevaluate what's important and being present for the children and whatever solutions I can come up with to solve that. I think I've gone off track with your question, as I expected. I was trying to work my way back around then, but it just wasn't working. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. But just, I guess, also then going into, like, we, I actually haven't spoken on the podcast to many people who have experienced with chronic illness mm. and, the, and the impacts of that, both from being a mum, but also navigating your career ambitions. How's that? Has it impacted you at all or provided the challenges, obviously, from a lifting yeah. perspective? I think now as an adult, I mean, it's great. You can work from home, mm. you know, working in a laptop screen, like my knuckles and things like that, that do get quite tight, but it's just about taking walks. So if you can take good breaths, do mindfulness, look after yourself. It's amazing what can happen when you just give yourself a moment to breathe. Interestingly, when I was a teenager, I wanted to become a physiotherapist <laughs> as well. Yeah. And obviously certain things about having to be physical and able to do that. And I just didn't think back on it now. It's like, actually, I physiotherapy is an incredible like you know occupation to have. And I'm so fortunate to have some physiotherapists um, recommending the hip surfer because of the health benefits. But I can't imagine my life being about physiotherapy. So actually, it's the silver lining of what happens in your life and sends you on the path that you have that it's, you know, opened up these opportunities for me now. So, yeah, I would say it, does, it doesn't limit me, but I need to navigate my myself around and adapt my goals to be achievable. And those goals aren't any less. It's just having different goals that you can enjoy in different ways. And you said before that you have this habit of overworking and, and that. So what does that look like for you? And do you create boundaries between the different businesses and roles and, and the mm. work that you do? Or do you just like, right, it's all in and it's the whole work-life integration? Yeah. It's so different now, isn't it, when you're working from home? It's not like you're going to the office and then you're coming back and you're turning off and you're turning on. So I'll be honest, I work till 11. My, my husband and I both work till 10.30 or 11 most nights, but we've got flexibility through the day. So, you know, we'll spend the morning with the kids. I'll take them to the, I go to a gym where there's a creche 
And it's brilliant. I get two hours of childcare. I'll go and do an hour and a half of work looking out over the green pastures of Hope Island. Yeah. And then I'm forced to go and do, you know, a 40 minute workout. So it's about creating systems and containers where you can do like really quality work, where you can look after yourself. So we've got a great system now where Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'll take the kids to the gym and I'll make sure I get that gym work done. So then when I come back, we've got a child's mind during the afternoon. So I've got five hours where I can just focus on the work and I'll work at my desk or I'll go out to a cafe and work or I'll look, we've got a beautiful marina by us as well. And I'll time block those hours where I'm focusing on specific, you know, topics. So I think it's as a mom, you're juggling so much and I've got my consulting work and I've got Hacker Lily that it is calendar blocking what you're doing with your time and how you're managing your priorities is number one. And number two, if you're watching TV, I just can't watch TV by myself anymore. Like, you know, you're scrolling your phone, you've got your laptop there. So <laughs> I can't just, and my husband's always like, I'm not going to rewind it again. <laughs> so I'm glad um, I'm not the only one. I'm forever. Yeah. The computer, generally doing working by myself. And even last night, I said, but aren't we watching the Netflix series? He goes, but I didn't think you were ready. I said, no. And then, he, then he's even asking, what did they just say? I said, this is what they just said. I'm thinking, I've also got the computer happening at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I did a little post about that the other day. It's like you were on your phone and then you rewind it and then you found yourself on your phone again. So you, start, you end yeah. up in this repetitive cycle. So I think nighttime, I don't always do the best quality work, but I feel like if I've got a TV show or a series there and I'm doing some social media engagement, you know, or I'm writing an email flow that doesn't involve too much mental labor, but I can't just sit there and watch a show anymore. I probably, I've got to give someone my phone, <laughs> sit on my hands or something like that. But it is something that I, I know I need to fix. And I know, I know I probably have a slight addiction to my phone. Like when you start a new business and you want to engage community and you want to respond to them, and that's literally how you drive sales is by having um, sticky, real, emotional, relatable, empathetic conversations and content and, you know, podcasts like this. That's how you earn a living. So it's like, how can you stop doing that when you, when you love what you're doing anyway? Yeah, no, it's so good. So good. And so in your journey, you know, as, as a working mom, have you had like challenges that you've had to overcome and, and how have you gone about doing this? Oh, look, I think I think the challenges I've had mostly is the high expectations that I've had of myself and to set realistic expectations that are manageable. So you know sometimes you make deadlines that I, I should have done this, but but you're the one making that deadline and you're being really hard on yourself for not doing it. So I think I'm learning I'm on a journey right now of just going with the seasons. So I had a really great analogy shared with me where it's like a hundred meter athlete runners, they don't do a hundred meter run at full pelt all day, every day, right? There's seasons to it. There's tapering to it. And you just got to go with the flow of your body. And if you're creative, get the creative juices flowing. If you're not laid down on the bed, on your back, get some music going, you know, create a social post or something like that. So I'm going easy on myself. I'm listening to my body. I'm being conscious of if I'm sitting at my computer screen for 45 minutes and with a thousand tabs open and I've not achieved one thing, take a step away and go for a walk. Yeah. So so I'm listening to myself and my body so that I can be really productive. So ultimately I can spend more time with the kids and hopefully make some more money just by being more effective. Yeah, no, so good. No, I know that all too much. And have there <laughs> been um, some prizes for you? So you've said that you're very career driven. 
What was the impact on your career ambitions and your career outlook when you had kids? Mm. I I think most people would agree with me that when you're younger in your work life, you'll do anything to please people. And then you start getting a little bit older and you can see certain people or things that you, your your values don't align with. So I think one thing when you become a mum is you don't tolerate numpties very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you decide, I only want to work with good people, kind people, collaborative people, and I want to surround myself with positive people as well. So I think as a mum, I realize I don't need to take every job. I don't need to say yes to something. I just want to surround myself with positivity and then great things and opportunities will come from that, I think. I th- and I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like less time wastage, less meetings, just being be- more organized. And I think that, yeah, it's just as a mum, you're so resourceful, aren't you? Yeah. I think I can see how I am with my kids is now how I work it into my day-to-day work life. And I really think I'm a more effective person now than pre-kids. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, like standing by the water cooler or just chatting with my friends in the office, not getting nearly as much work done. Yeah, I often say like, you know, working mums are the most productive in any workplace because they've generally got limited time. They know they've got to get, in, get their stuff done. And I, yeah, I'm the same. When I look back into my my corporate job when I was working five days a week, I'm like, geez, a lot of fat in the time. And I used to have a lot yeah. of coffees of like internal networking. But it's interesting how much extra time mm. there was in the week. And now I'm like, no, I'm focused. This is what it is. And, yeah. and it's interesting how that's changed. Has your career ambition, so you've said that you've gone from like a startup scale up and then it's a listed company and, and now you've um, gone to more consulting. Is that where you saw yourself before you had kids? And is and are you mm. now, like, I guess your career ambitions have definitely, you know, have changed and also totally. then that entrepreneurial spirit has come out a lot more? Yeah, totally. So I think I used to be and it's not that I was like, I knew I was, but I must have been fixated on like, it's your job title. It's your promotion. I've got to get promoted every year or I'll be disappointed. And I think that's just something that you grow up and it becomes instilled with you when you're in the corporate workplace, right? And I think now that coming back is I just, I, I don't care about the titles as much, but the fact that I've got this small business now that has really changed my whole approach to what I want to do. I would love to build my own business. I want that flexible work time. I want more time with my children to drop them off at childcare and to pick them up. But I really love human connection and running your own business. It can be very lonely. You know, you're just doing lots of emails. You're doing things yourself. So I see it really as a hybrid. I'd love to grow Hacker Lily, but I'd love to collaborate and support other businesses. I would love to build an extension of Hacker Lily, which is about building a empowered community of mums in business and how we can support each other as well. So I think I'm at the beginning of my journey. I have no idea where it's going to go. I've got so many ideas in my head, but I'm a big believer in you just put one foot forward. You don't know where the destination is, but as long as you just keep following your intuition, where you're seeing the positive feedback and I'll just roll from there. But yeah, it's still really early days, to be honest. And have there been many experience, like many things along your journey, particularly as a working mum, that surprised you? Or is it just like what you said? Forming hackily, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm just going to see where this goes. Yeah. I think, uh, look, I, I think I've really now, when you're in the world of corporate, so whilst I was with a startup and a scale up, I worked a lot with corporate. So I was working a lot with like, you know, Unilever, Amazon, Netflix, and I was very much in that world. And when you're operating that world, you don't understand the underbelly of the small business community. Like all those mum and pup and, you know, we, women-owned brands, you just don't always see, see them until you get immersed in that world. 
And I think that there's two things that I'm so thankful for. One is the small business community, the women I've met through the different, you know, wearing like, you know, one roof and like-minded bitches and mums and co and all of these other phenomenal communities. That's, that's been a surprise for me that they exist, that women are so supportive for each other. They'll go out of their way for each other. And also the power of building my own community for Hackalily. Like I was about to, I was really struggling to launch with some business fundamentals that I needed to get in place and everything was going against me with COVID. And it was my community, that little community I built up a year and a half before launch of mums in business, but just also mums that just like encouraged me on. They didn't know me. They'd never met me before, but they're like, you've got this girl. Like if you need any tips, if you need us to answer surveys, I'll share a story. I'll share a post. Like it's just, I just honestly blown away that I never knew it existed. Yeah, it's funny. I've got a foot in both camps, the corporate yeah. world and then the small business world. And I have to say my observation of small business, as you said, women are like, people are actually willing to bend over backwards and help you and do anything for mm. you. And then in corporate, they won't start talking to you until you, you pay a bill or mm. you show some money or things like that. It's so funny that the, the polar opposites between corporate yeah. and small business in terms of collaboration, support, helping one another, oh. it's, they couldn't be further apart. And it's funny because I've got a foot in both camps and it's so different. It really is. There's actually one example. I cried on a phone call with a girl from one of the, you, are you in one roof? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't think I've made it yet, but I made it through several rounds of Shark Tank. And at the very beginning of it, I'm like, you need to create a, a um, written submission and a script, and then you need to film it. And I just said, I've never done this before. Like, what do I have in the scripts like to even have a chance of it? And I put a little message out on one roof saying, can someone just read my script? Give me feedback if it's bad. Like, I don't expect you to do the work, but just give me some hints. And Jackie in the group, she's like a, a whisperer for CEOs, and she helps people present these big speaker sessions. She jumped on a call with me. I'm like, look, let's just do five, 10 minutes. Have a look over it. She's like, no, let's knuckle down. We're going to spend an hour, hour and a half. We're going to go through every line of your script. And because she'd been following me for months, she knew my tone. She knew my voice. She took, she would be charging, I don't know what to people, but she really stepped out to support and lift me up during like a really, an overwhelming point, you know, that I was at. So it's, yeah, I'll just honest. And I cried on the call after we'd done it. I'm like, that was so generous. And then that's, that's a really large chunk of your time to spend on someone that you'd never met before. Yeah, that's huge. But if you were in corporate, you would not get that at all. Yeah, so yeah, It's totally. so different. So yeah. different. So is there anything else you wanted to share, Laura, in terms of your journey, any advice or tips or anything else along the way that you've, you'd like to impart yeah. your wisdom, wisdom on, on the, the Working Mama podcast community? Well, what I would say is just coming from creating my own business while on maternity leave and in a point where I really, I didn't know what I wanted to do, if I wanted to stay with my job, like la la la, like if you've got an idea in your head, you've got a passion project, you want to create something like as a mum, go and do it because you'll really find a tribe of people who are positive. They'll lift you up. If you don't know where you're going or what you'll do, there's so many groups and women who will support you, who will lift you up. And a lot of the things that stops women from doing it is just the fear of failure it's the fear of not knowing what to do and there's so many solutions and communities and courses out there and I was lacking connection I was feeling isolated lonely and it honestly just it just changed my last year and a half to have connection to have a business I was passionate about and to now have flexibility so my message is don't look for perfection take that first step and the rest will figure itself out 
Oh, sensational. I love it. And <laughs> In a long-winded like, kind of way. <laughs> yeah, but it's also what we what we all need. And yeah. so, like, Laura, what do you do to fill your cup? What do I do to fill my cup? One is obviously family time, just like having very present family time by putting away the phone. I don't do it enough, but it's something I'm starting to do a little bit more of. And the second thing is just fitness and exercise. I'm potentially quite an intolerable person if I don't exercise three or four times a week. So I need that 30 or 40 minutes of doing weights or jumping on the treadmill just to get my body pumping so I don't feel bloated. It's amazing if you feel bloated that it can have a real impact on your confidence. I also fill my cup by putting on makeup every now and then when I jump on podcasts like this. I miss that from going to work and getting dressed up and, you know, you wear your gym jams around home sometimes. So I fill my cup just by I, I feel I look good, I feel good, and I can turn up a lot more. Oh, sensational. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, especially I only just went for a run on the weekend. But it's funny, I said to my, I just need to go. And even this yeah. morning, I was all dressed to go, and then it started pouring with rain. And I'm like, damn, like I really want to, like I just, I feel myself when I'm, yeah, I'm out there can. running. It's It makes such a difference. Healthy mind, healthy body, and everything totally. else. Totally. It makes place. me more focused. Now, Laura, how can people connect with you? Amazing. So come say hi and connect on LinkedIn. So just search Laura Campbell. I think it's Laura Campbell 83. I jump on over to Instagram with Hacklily, which is just underscore Hacklily, H-A-C-K-E-R-L-I-L-Y. And if you've got any questions or you'd like to learn about how I, you know, took my first steps into creating the startup, because it's really hard if you don't know what the first steps are, feel free to reach out. I'd really love to give my love back to the universe from the support that I've received myself. So yeah. Sensational. Thank you so much, Laura, for this chat and best of luck. I can't wait to see where yourself and also happily keep, you know, the trajectory keeps going up. So congratulations on everything that you have achieved so far. Keep the momentum up, keep the confidence up and best wishes for the future. Oh, thank you. What a lovely sign off. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A, or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle, and I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.